0: everyone and happy Wednesday. Thank you for listening to CUSA Insider, the official podcast of Conference USA. I'm your host, Sarah Rudolph, and Josh Jonas is back again as my co-host today to drop all the knowledge on preseason CUSA softball. Sarah, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks for joining me again. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, glad to be here.
0: Just giving the fans what they want. Oh, yeah. There's some people on Uh Twitter who are like definitely not back on the program. Definitely not me or my wife's burner accounts. Totally not. Yeah. Don't don't out yourself, (laughs) Josh. Come on. (laughs) Um, well, as always, just a reminder to go follow us on social media at CUSA Insider Pod on X and Instagram. And please do us a favor and subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you are listening. So you never miss a new episode. All right. We are going to roll right into talking some preseason softball in just a moment. But first I have an announcement. What? It's a real announcement guys. Okay. It's something you guys have been asking for blowing up our mentions on social media Some of you may have seen a few of our teams that you follow alluding to this, but the wait is finally over. We are announcing the 2024 CUSA football schedule tomorrow, February 1st. So turn on those post notifications on Twitter for Conference USA and get ready. Okay. That's really all I had. I know it's very, it seemed kind of flat, but it's exciting. Um, So announcement time over. Let's talk about some uh, CUSA softball. We announced the preseason awards and preseason poll last week. Uh, The first game of the season gets underway next Friday, February 9th. And later in the program, we are going to talk to head coach of the Liberty Flames softball program, Dot Richardson. So softball season is upon us. And Josh has joined us to tell us all about what we can expect. Josh, take it away.
1: Thanks. And I thought the big announcement was that we were only a single digit number away from the first pitch of CUSA softball because we're officially nine days away. But, you know, know, the football schedule is cool, too. That's fine. That's fine. Um, Yeah. So really excited to talk to Coach Richardson. you know, Liberty being the preseason favorite in their first year in CUSA, very exciting. They bring a lot of success from uh, their, their past years in the A Sun, uh, 40 wins in each full season since 2017, uh, and 80% win percentage in conference games in that span. So the expectations are definitely high for the Lady Flames coming into Conference USA. Uh, coming in number two, Western Kentucky. A, a perennial team in the mix at the top of Conference USA for years since they've been a part of the conference, uh, and then right behind them, Middle Tennessee, who had a, a incredible run at the CUSA Championship raining last year. Champs, right? Yeah, reigning champs came one win away, lost a one-run thriller to Alabama Ugh. that would have sent them to the Super Regionals, um, and Liberty the same way, one win away from the Super Regionals. So we have two teams very hungry after the way that last year ended. Uh, to, to come out and win some games. Uh, Liberty will be tested early and often, and I know Coach Richardson will allude to this when we talk to her, um, 16 games against teams that were in regional finals of last year's NCAA tournament. So Absolutely insane. They it's are bad. playing the best of the best, including two games against reigning national champion Oklahoma down in Norman for a, an early season tournament there, where they'll also play – University of Louisiana, who uh, is one of the top mid-major teams out of the Sun Belt. So um, they have a lot of opportunities to prove themselves on the national stage, uh, already receiving votes in a couple of the preseason polls. So they're getting that respect, but they're, uh, they they got to capitalize on it uh, with some of these big non-conference games. Uh, they're led by four preseason all-conference selections, the most of any team in Conference USA, and had the preseason player of the year and outfielder Rachel Roop and preseason pitcher of the year in Paige Bachman. So um, they they came in right away, made a statement with being the preseason favorite, landing a lot of these preseason awards, scheduling a tough schedule. So we are very excited in the conference office. I know Coach Richardson and her team is very excited um, for the year, as well as all of our other teams. Um, you know, I know we only talk about a few of them here, but. Um, we have a really, really great league uh, slated for for Conference USA play uh, and excited to just get going,
0: yeah. I mean, you know, for all of our sports, like as with all of our sports this year, it's a new conference schedule for. Pretty much everybody, obviously Jacksonville State, and we talk about this with uh, Coach Richardson, but Jacksonville State came over with Liberty from the A-Sun, so those are familiar opponents for them. But there is a lot of newness around the league this year. There's a lot of um, coaches who aren't familiar with either, with each other players who aren't familiar with strategies and things like that happening on the field. So it's just going to be a really fun year in general in all of our sports. And we get to see it, uh, play out on the softball on the softball field here, um, very, very soon. So really excited to get our softball, uh, season underway. And like Josh and I alluded to earlier, we get to talk to coach dot Richardson here in just a moment. Um, her interview is fantastic.
1: Yeah, you are definitely in for a treat. She is so much fun to
0: talk to, and that woman is so interesting, y'all. She is she has the most interesting story. Um, so we don't want to give too much away, but um, Dot Richardson is coming up with an interview on uh her story, her softball um knowledge, and her story in that um sport, and then also uh, she talks about her players and how much Liberty University and those players mean to her. So enjoy the interview, and we'll see you afterwards. All right, folks, joining us today on CUSA Insider is a woman who really needs no introduction, but I am going to introduce her anyway. She is a two-time gold medal Olympian on the softball field, a USA Softball Hall of Fame inductee, entering her 11th season as the head coach at Liberty Softball. Oh, and fun fact, she also spent several years as a practicing orthopedic surgeon. Please join us in welcoming Coach Dot Richardson. Coach, it is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today?
2: I'm so blessed and thank you so much for thinking of me and having me on the show. I'm excited about it. Absolutely. Um, Coach, obviously we have you on the show today because Liberty
0: um, is number one in our preseason softball poll. But before we get into talking about this upcoming season, I really want to um, talk about your history. You are um, a decorated college athlete. You have two Olympic gold medals, a MD degree. Um, And now you've been at Liberty for the past 10 years going into your 11th season with the softball program. Can you share us uh, just the story about how you got to this point?
2: Oh my gosh. It is all a God thing. As everybody listening probably realizes those things happen in your life and you move in different directions and you, you really have to just say, okay, Lord, lead me. And I have been so blessed. You look at a young girl who was denied the opportunity to play organized sports because of being a girl. And then when Title IX came into effect, um, the opportunity for me to play organized softball was at the highest level, by the way. I mean, I was 10 years old playing with a team where the average age was 22. And then a couple years later, the youngest girl ever playing in Women's Major League at 13 years of age when the average t- average age of that team, the Orlando Rebels, is probably 26. So then they started giving scholarships out, you know, to college. And I was able to receive one and went to Western Illinois for one year, Uh, played field hockey and basketball, as well as softball. We were fifth in the nation. Um, I was able to lead the nation with a 480 batting average. Everything was great. Um, But I decided pre-med and got the opportunity to transfer to UCLA. And while I was there, I played basketball for a couple of years. But softball was the main, you know, um, initiative in being there and pre-med and Uh, We won the first NCAA championship ever offered to women in sport, and that was UCLA. We defeated uh, Fresno State. And then um, Jackie Joyner and I shared the All-University Athlete Award together, and she went on to Olympic stardom. And for me, softball wasn't in the Olympics yet. And I went to (laughs) Delphi University, and I got my master's degree and coached for the first time and fell in love with coaching. But I also got accepted into a few medical schools, and so I went to the University of Louisville Medical School. I got my MD degree. And uh, from there I went to uh, USC for my orthopedic residency program in Southern California. But between it all, we got in the Olympics, baby. Yeah, in you did. <laughs> And I was chosen um, humbly. I was chosen to represent our nation and the sport. So many women deserving of the opportunity and 15 of us were chosen. And uh, I I hope everyone feels that we represented them well. We won the gold medal and I went back to my orthopedic residency. And then I was able to compete between my residency and my fellowship at a second Olympics in 2000 in Sydney. And we brought back the gold medal there for the United States as well. Totally different experiences, um, but results ended up pretty much being the same with the gold medal. And then Bob and I got married after the 2000 Olympics and I was uh, started my practice and then became an executive of a 300-acre sports health and education campus called the National Training Center uh, in Claremont, Florida, associated with Southlake Hospital in Orlando Regional. And uh, next thing you know, uh, change in administration and with a different po- politics going on in order to look at what to do with the National Training Center, my nonprofit, my not-for-profit was given um, a leadership in the softball venue that was there. And I just gave it to the Lord, where do you want me to go? And believe it or not, you two, I was asked friend for mayor, county commissioner to consider U.S. Senate for the state of Florida. And I knew that the Lord wanted me in politics, gave it to him and the next morning, the largest Christian university in the world, Liberty University, called me and asked you to be the head coach. My husband and I just felt, you know, it was the Lord leading us here and humble beginnings at the university and to see where we are right now, as you mentioned, 10 and a half years later, God is faithful. Uh, The program when we started, uh, what was that? 276 RPI out of 296. Uh, So what, 20, only 20 worst teams in the country, I guess. But uh, the second year we came, I I didn't know this Still the third year, but the most improved uh, team in the nation. And we've went as high as an 11 RPI. And our highest finish has been 25 a couple of times.
0: Wow. What a story. I mean, absolutely just incredible. Um, it was so I, I did, I listened to an interview of yours with someone else to prepare for this podcast and just hearing it a second time. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps. It's so awesome. It's so incredible.
1: Really, really, really cool stuff, and um, you know, I, I kind of picked up on one thing there that you were talking about. You know, you've been a part of some milestone moments when, when we talk about women's empowerment and at athletics, and I just want to get your take on kind of some of the improvements you've seen in in your years in athletics, and kind of where you feel like we are right now. You know, you, we start to see the the growth of professional fast pitch softball the new league professional volleyball league um and you know we're coming up on national girls and women's in sports day so just kind of love to hear about you know where you feel like we're at there
2: well i've been asked a number of times don't you wish like your career started later right like or earlier if you would um but the reality is i've been so blessed to be able to see the evolution of women in sports when I was younger, I watched a movie, black and white film, and it was about the babe. But this babe was Babe Dickerson Zaharias, right? Not Babe Ruth. And she she inspired me too. I mean, I, I was there, you guys, as a young girl, when I watched, uh, you know, Bobby Riggs challenge, you know, um, um, Billie Jean King, right? Um uh, I was, it was so funny. I was like, am I going to remember his name? And then I forgot <laughs> But Billie Jean King, when she was challenged by Bobby Riggs, I was sitting in the living room, just praying that she would win. So I would get a chance to play sports. Right. And I remember the boys didn't have a problem with me. They picked me up first, you know, with their pickup games, they selected me first after school. Right. Um, But just girls were not allowed to play any organized sports. So when she won, I was like, okay, now, you know, I'm going to get to play. And then next thing you know, Chris Evert right? She comes on the scene. So it was tennis. that really had a lot of, you know, TV coverage. And the first professional softball league started with Joan Joyce partnering with Billie Jean King. Yeah. And I was drafted to the Connecticut Falcons, but I was only 15. And the reason I didn't do it is I had the dream of being an Olympian because in high school, I played volleyball, basketball, softball, track and field and tennis. And so I wanted to be an Olympian and represent our country in the Olympic games, but they also started giving scholarships out. So in my career, I saw a lot of the legends play, Joan Joyce, Irene Shea, Sharon Backus, Willie Rose, Snooky Mulder, Stephanie Tenney, you know, Marge Ricker as our coach, Ralph Raymond, I could go on and on, right? And I got to see them, I got to play against them. And then all of a sudden the transition where I'm In the movie now, right? I'm 13 playing against them. I faced them, I played against them, right? And then I'm able to bring that history with me um, to the first professional league, right? Uh, The first scholarships to be given, uh, the uh, first white cleats ever to be worn, the last wooden bat ever to be used in our sport, um, the first Pan American games. I mean, I can go on and on a lot of first. And one of the biggest things that I do see is more opportunity. And that's really what it's about. You know, it's when you hear about some male sports that, you know, they're getting cut or they're not getting scholarships. I feel for them too, because it's a shame we actually have to have an amendment to do what's right, giving equal opportunity right for people, because God has given us amazing gifts and opportunities, and they're meant to be shared like these gifts are meant to be shared. Um, And I always, when I was younger, would pray, Lord, why did you give me this talent? With no opportunity, so I want opportunity for everyone. So as we come to girls and women's, you know, national day in sport, you know, to me, I I've given congressional briefings right about it and all this. Like, it's just to have the opportunity is what people want, right? And where mm-hmm. we are right now in sports, you look at our sport of softball. Hey, really quick, I'm gonna divert. What about volleyball? Ninety thousand watching Nebraska. Yeah,
0: incredible stuff.
2: You know what I mean? I'm getting chills just thinking about it. In our sport, the third most viewed NCAA sport behind football, men's basketball, March Madness, and then softball. So Mm -hmm. viewership is there. The game, you guys might not realize this, but the dimensions of the game, including a yellow ball, came from the first pro league that was designed in the partnership between Joan Joyce and Billie Jean King, right, to start this league. And they had 190 down the sides, 220 in center field. Um, (laughs) They were the ones, yellow ball pitcher at 43 feet instead of 40. So a lot of people don't realize those women that played professionally designed those dimensions with research and study and brought it as they started coaching college softball to the NCAA and it was adopted. And so... You know, I, it's just awesome. When I look back and the first NCAA championship and the first national championship, the world series, you guys never forget it. Omaha, Nebraska, it was chain link fence, mm-hmm. right? Wasn't even a roof on the dugouts. So the ESPN announcers, they ended up putting plywood on the top of the dugouts. Oh man, <laughs> had a folding table and chairs they put up there. And there was probably one, maybe two cameras. And you look at where it's now. I mean, it is a show. It is a spectacular event and yeah. it's so awesome. It is so awesome to have been a part of that, the growth of it. And then now to be able to coach and to be in it um, is what we're striving for here at Liberty.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, kind of that, you know, Joan Joyce, Billy Jean King got to craft what the sport looked like at the college level. Well, you yourself kind of got to craft what the sport looked like on campus there at Liberty. Um, you had a big hand in designing the softball facility. Can you tell me about that process and kind of, um, what you wanted to see out of that facility, what changes you wanted to bring, um, so that you could glorify Liberty softball?
2: Well, it takes more than one person as you guys know, right? When, um, I was told a couple things, uh, one by the athletic director saying, we want to put Liberty Soft on the map. I said, what does that mean to you? Consistently top 25 in the nation, Lord willing, right? And also to win national championships, World Series championships, again, Lord willing. And then he said, we want to build a stadium and we'd like for you to design it, whether or not you take this position or not and Bob and I just felt the Lord leading us here like I said humble beginnings you guys we had a double wide trailer that was our offices locker room little lobby area in the double wide trailer umpire room I mean you talk about humble beginnings it was a chain field you guys (laughs) the hobbit dugouts I call them you know it was like the staff put cinder blocks together (laughs) the press box was right next to the home dugout and you could, couldn't could even see left field, you know, it, you know, it was just crazy. They'd have to keep the door open to look through the dugout. Um, there were a couple of bleachers there, maybe, you know, 30, 50 people at the most watching, but yet it was the beginning, right? And uh, when I walked into the dugout, I mean, when I walked into the trailer for the first time, I smiled because the first time I was at UCLA, it was a trailer. The office for women's athletics was a trailer. Mm -hmm. And I started to smile because I'm like, is the Lord giving us, you know, like foreshadowing what we could possibly do here at Liberty university. And you guys, the first week, I mean, it was like a couple days later. I'm not kidding. I get called into an office. And as I walk in this conference room is packed with contractors and architects and engineers And they said, okay, coach, what do you want in a stadium? And of course, I'm like, after running a 300-acre sports, health, and education campus, it was like, what's the budget? They said, if you didn't have a budget, what would you design?
0: I like that question.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And every player has been dreaming of that moment. And they had to slow me down, actually. They said, slow down, slow down. (laughs) And you guys, they pretty much built it. I mean, I wanted 4,000 seats. We got a thousand plus a berm with the future of being able to expand. Um, but we had a plan B, which was to my right right now, a gorgeous indoor training facility. Um, it's got seven batting cages, a 2,000 square foot team activity room. Um, you know, and then we have a film room, two more offices, and that pretty much is completed where we are now until we get our own indoor facility would be great. We do have one we're sharing. They built for baseball, softball, and soccer. Uh, Just, we have such a backing. And I tell recruits all the time, you want to be at a university that is supporting you, your talents, your passion, your gifts. And how can you tell that? You know, look at coaching staff, look at facilities, look at scheduling, look at the budget, all of those things because you don't want to be at a school where it's all one sport, right? It's not about another and it's not, you want to be supported and we are getting all the support you could possibly need or even imagine here at Liberty. And, uh, you know, we've been blessed by that.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, let's transition into talking about this upcoming season. So, um, you are no stranger to, transitioning in and out of different conferences. Uh, Obviously you were in the big South when you first became coach there, then you guys transitioned into the ASUN and now um, in conference USA. Um, How do you prepare yourself and your team for playing an almost entirely new um, conference schedule outside of Jacksonville state?
2: You're right. My first year's here is big South. And then we transitioned to the ASUN. uh, And then now we're at conference USA, a part of the group five. And so Every year is a learning year, but also remember, they also are getting to know us as well. So we're strangers in the neighborhood, but we do have Jacksonville State has come with us and next year, Kennesaw State. So, you know, those are strong programs that were in the ASUN that are now in Conference USA. Uh, Louisiana Tech, great, you know, reputation as well. Uh, Western Kentucky has done really well. Middle Tennessee had a great season last year. Um, You know, there were programs that would have been great if they stayed, but they moved on. Uh, but new ones have been picked up that makes Conference USA really strong, and uh, and a lot of the other programs are on the rise. So uh, for us, it's all about being able to prepare our student athletes to be the best they can be, both on and off the field is important to me and um, and to the program. Uh, so it's all about you know scouting and getting prepared. And so I have a pre-conference schedule. Uh, That is one of the top in the country and we're going to be tested and we're going to come in prepared uh, for conference play.
1: Yeah. You talk about that early season schedule and um, yeah, definitely, you know, Ready for a challenge, uh, seeing who you guys have slated there. You know, you get an opportunity to be a part of the NFCA leadoff classic. You can get an opportunity to go down to Norman and play the defending national champions in OU. Um, what is that? What are those experiences like, not only for you, but for for student athletes when you're recruiting that know, hey, I'm gonna get to play the big dogs when I go play at Liberty?
2: Well, in order to be the best, which is our goal, you have to play against the best and you have to prove that you're better. So we had great wins last year with Alabama, Clemson, UCLA. Um, But the whole thing is about getting to the World Series. And in order to get there, you have to be tested and you have to be deserving. And so the only way to do it was to get rid of the mentality of, oh, my gosh, can we really play against these teams? Can we really beat these teams? So right now where our program is, and it's great with recruiting, as you mentioned, because everyone wants to play great competition and we end up doing that um with the conference as well as preseason. So, you know, to me, the there's no awe factor, right? It's like the awness now is liberty across the front of the jersey. And you'll see now when we're walking, a lot of people you hear kids like, there's liberty. Oh, there's liberty. So, you know, we have a saying here at liberty is rise with us. Um, we are rising and for softball, I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, you should be in our conference. You should be here. We should be here. But, you know, the thing is, we're, we're moving and we're excited to be in Conference USA. And just think about it. The NFCA leadoff classic. You know, we're playing St. John's and we jump right into it. You know, you're talking about um, Oregon, Clemson, Missouri, Notre Dame. Then a midweek, Central Florida, always ranked high. Then the next week. You know, we'll be at the spring games in Leesburg, Florida, in Central Florida. And we're going to be playing the Big Ten, you know, teams. You're looking at Illinois and Iowa. and uh, We're going to play in Ohio State, right? Um, We're also playing uh, Coastal Carolina. So that's going to be good because we haven't played them since the Big South. Um, So, you know, it's uh, Penn State is ranked two. They're in 40 RPI. So those are going to be great games. And then, as you mentioned, we'll come back for our home tournament, and then we go to Norman, and we've got an OU twice, and then we got ULL, who's very strong, twice. Tulsa is strong. Uh, Then our home, our midweeks, are going to be Duke, UNC, Charlotte, uh, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and LSU. We'll have a three-game series before the conference uh, championship at New Mexico State. So it's when I put these schedules together, there is a purpose. You know, there's a reason, and one of it, we need to see where we're at and our goal is to be postseason and to go as far as we can so you know we don't really look at winning or losing right we're just looking at can we be the best we can be in the best competition that we can find and we'll soon find out
0: well obviously our our coaches around the league uh had something to say about the liberty program voting you guys number one in the preseason poll first year in the league. So, I mean, that's a pretty incredible start uh, to your conference USA stint before the season gets started. How do you temper your players expectations when they see that number one ranking going into preseason Uh, to, and obviously seeing this difficult schedule you have laid out before them. um, Just how do you kind of temper those expectations for your players?
2: Well, we know it's not how you're predicted to start, right? It's how you actually finish. (laughs) So we're humbled by that vote, you know, um, You know, it's one of the things I've always felt you guys, and that's why I struggle a lot of times talking about it, but, you know, actions speak louder than words. So do I have high expectations for this team? Absolutely. Um, Are they ready for the challenge? We'll soon see, but we'll be tested. And I'm excited about that um, because I think through our testing, our trials, tribulations, failures, we learn and we get stronger. And that's what it's about, is to be able to produce when it really counts, right? When it really counts. And so that's postseason. So we got to get there. And in order to get there, um, we need national recognition and we need to compete in our conference and be able to qualify to get postseason and be deserving of it. So I'm just, i again, I'm just humbled that other coaches have put us in that one spot uh, but we have to prove that we deserve it. And it's exciting. You know, I've been someone that don't laugh, but I'm like, Hey, you've probably heard cream rises to the top, right? Yes. Well, the problem with that is cream can melt, right? Hot chocolate, it can melt. We want to be more like cool with, right? I like it. Rising to the top. We need to stay at the top longer. I like it. Right. Yeah. So um, that's our goal, but You guys, really, it's about impacting the lives of these young women. Uh, This generation is targeted by Satan more than any generation. And it's because he knows his time is getting short. And so we need to make sure that as coaches and mentors and leadership, it's about letting these young girls know, these young women know that they are loved by an amazing, awesome God and that that's the most important thing is to please him and not worry about pleasing the world because that's that's what they're up against. I mean, whether it's on the internet, right? With social media, whatever it might be, whether it's trying to be accepted and all of these earthly things that can really distract them from realizing how beautifully and wonderfully made they are. And I just pray everyone who's listening recognizes how much they are loved And be bold in your faith for the Lord, um, because we are going to be persecuted. The Lord said that in his name, we'll be persecuted. And um, I don't know, we just need to really have a focus, not just about winning games and championships, but, uh, you know, training champions for Christ.
0: I love that. Me too. Sending my daughter to Liberty University and how old is she? Three. <laughs> uh,
2: I was like, Maybe we're not I'll... even in
1: your locker room and you've got us pumped you know, yeah. up and ready to go take on the rest <laughs> of the work day, but... Um, I, I do want to ask, you know, going back to last season, uh, you guys get the opportunity to go to UCLA for a regional. Um, what was that experience like for you to go back there? I'm mean, I'm sure that wasn't your first time back, but uh to be there as a coach and and to lead your team there and, and to be, you know, one win away from that that super regional level.
2: Well, there was excitement, but also disappointment, right? So it's like beating UCLA to honor that victory would have been to make it to Supers, right? That's that's kind of how I feel. Um, UCLA, unbelievable talent, uh, easy to recruit there, right? I mean, UCLA, in fact, they had a pitcher from Oregon that went there because she wanted to be at a place that would be at the World Series, and, and we were able to take them down. You just never know what's going to happen in the game. The parity is getting there, right? Was there a nice satisfaction? The satisfaction was not beating UCLA. The satisfaction was knowing that our girls proved to themselves that they can, you know, they can, they can win against top competitive teams. And they had already proven it earlier in the year with Alabama and Clemson. So I knew that was there. Um, But when you do that, you know, when you play big games, like you have to seize every opportunity they give you. We lost to Oklahoma the first game of the season, one to zero in the eighth inning, but we lost, you know, not blaming anything, but there were opportunities to win, right? There was an opportunity to win or at least, um, you know, to have the opportunity uh, to be able to put ourselves ahead and we didn't seize it. There was doubt or there was fear or there was hesitation. My mom's always said, you know, she who hesitates has lost, right? So you can't be lost. And I always say, with Christ, you're found, right? So we should never be lost. But you also have to have that competitive hunger and drive, right? To not overthink it, but to be in it, right? To be able to slow the game down instead of when your heart is pounding, when you're trying to catch your breath, to be able to control and Zoom focus, to be in the moment, right? I wish- I wish this wasn't
0: just an audio thing because I wish everyone
2: could see the motions you're making with your hands right now to zoom in and focus. So the, you know, the, it's like the, the mental, the mental part of the game, you know, the mental toughness, that is what I love to really focus about, you know, because that's what makes a difference. That's what makes a difference. So when we played UCLA and beat them, I wasn't like, Oh, I took down my alma mater. No, I was like, all right. They were professional about it as well. Right. It's like, we did it. All right. Who were we played grand Canyon next? All right. So we make it to the next game. Um, and San Diego state just had our, our number and, uh, and everyone's like, well, it's such a big high the night before, you know, to be, to be great. You can't be up and down. Like, The best of the best, when they go down a little bit, they quickly come back up, right? The valleys are not so deep. There's a consistency, right? There's courage, consistency. There's competitiveness. I mean, there's all of these things these youngsters have to learn. And the only way they play with that freedom, the only way is when they recognize their gifts have been given from God and they're meant to be shared. And their failures doesn't mean they are a failure. And their successes do not mean that they are better than anybody else, right? I mean, this is a game in the sport in sport where it can teach you so much about life. Um, you guys, you've heard it, right? Baseball, softball. the hardest thing to do in sport is hit a moving object with a moving object. But for softball and baseball, the other team's cheating. There's eight other, eight other people out there. yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. So not only are you doing the hardest thing in sport to do, but the other team is that you're outnumbered, but hello, welcome to the world. right? <laughs> yep. How many people are going to be interviewed for that job? Right? Exactly, How many people yeah. are going to say all these negative things? You're never going to get it. You're never going to do this, never do that. Can you take the negativity and fuel it to a positive passion and purpose? God's got a purpose for you. And you know it when you're doing it because you feel alive doing it and you feel his pleasure when you do it. So that's what I want for our players. And that's what I want for all student athletes, or students, just all of us to recognize that, right? When you feel alive doing it, keep doing it. When you know that it's for the glory of God, not falling into the sin of, oh, it feels so good, but we know it's so wrong, right? good stuff.
1: Yeah. Good I mean, stuff. I know that, yeah, winning as many games as you have, uh, certainly just the the tip of the iceberg, as you mentioned, there, there's still a lot more to be accomplished and we definitely can't wait to see what Liberty softball does this season. And, uh, very excited to have you, you all here as well as, uh, as you guys are excited to be in conference USA, but, um, I know Sarah's got one fun question to kind of wrap. I this sure up, do,
0: but, All right, we have a segment on the podcast that we lovingly call CUSA Eats. So um, you've been at Liberty uh, going on 11 years, so you know the town of Lynchburg, Virginia. So we are new to the town of Lynchburg, Virginia. We've had a few events there so far this year, but upcoming in February, our uh, track and field championship will be there in Lynchburg. And we have two staff members traveling to Liberty who have never been there before. So we want to know, Coach Richardson, what is the best restaurant to go to in Lynchburg, and what should we get to eat
2: there? Whoa, there's so <laughs> many good foods. <laughs> there really are. So every chain we have probably, but if you look at, you know, downtown, you, know, you look at the off the beaten path type of thing. If you love Japanese, Aji is unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable. Um. You know, you also shoemakers, you know, is a whole nother level. The steak and everything is great, Um, but also this really small place. It's by our house. It's called called Fleming Mountain has unbelievable ribeye um, and sirloin. It's so good. Uh, Let's see what else. I mean, I can keep going. Depot Grill is fantastic. Um, Market on Main has unbelievable breakfast. You guys, this is, I could keep going.
0: I could Listen, go. we When we were there for uh, the football championship, um, we had two football players on our very first podcast that we did. And they were like, you have to go to either County Smoke or County Sunrise. And so we didn't have time to go to County Smoke because of the time of the day, but we had time for breakfast. So
2: we went to County Sunrise
0: and it was so, so good.
2: <laughs> it was And amazing. I was going to say County. So you like barbecue. We have Mission barbecue and we have County Smoke is unbelievable. Uh, You know, there's just so many great restaurants, you guys. I love Iron and Ale at Cornerstone. Iron and Ale is so good. Um, But all you have to do is bring them our way. Uh, Joe knows all these great places too. We all, I mean, just amazing places to eat, you guys, and such great environments as well uh, to do it.
0: I love
1: that. Yeah, it sounds like there'll be uh, plenty taken care of whenever they're in Lynchburg. For sure,
0: for sure. We may need to have you, Coach Richardson, help us come up with our like uh, hospitality handbook that we send to our yeah. teams. <laughs> <Yeah. And> we-, <laughs> we might. No we problem might with that. Input. Yeah, no
2: problem with that.
0: Absolutely. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Um, again. Liberty starts their season Friday, February 9th in Clearwater, Florida against St. John's in that NFCA division one leadoff classic. We are really looking forward to seeing what the Flames can do in their inaugural season in Conference USA. Um, So coach,
2: anything else you want to leave us with before you head out? Don't forget Duke Diner. Duke (laughs) Diner. Okay. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know I'm forgetting him. I just want to say thank you to Conference USA. Um, Just thank you for believing, believing in Liberty. Um, I hope we are not disappointing. Uh, I think that uh, the biggest message I can leave everyone with is that just truly get close to the Lord, seek him. He is faithful. And all of you have got amazing um, gifts. You have purpose. And I want to encourage you even when it's tough to realize you can, you're an overcomer with, with Christ.
0: Awesome. Thanks coach.
2: coach. Thank you, guys. God bless you.
0: All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in to CUSA Insider today. As we mentioned, softball season gets underway this next Friday, February 9th. Everyone is in action with the exception of Louisiana Tech, who gets their season underway on Saturday, February 10th. And you have a lot to look forward to over the next couple of weeks, everybody. I wanted to uh, give you a little insight into what our episode will look like next week. We are doing a special National Girls and Women's in Sports Day uh, episode next week on Wednesday, February 7th. And we will be talking some bowling. If you haven't been paying attention to Conference USA this year, Bowling is here and we have an incredible group of teams representing us. The number one team in the nation right now is Jacksonville state and head coach Shannon O'Keefe will be joining us on the program next week. So be looking forward to that. All right, everyone, that is it for me. Don't forget, follow us on social media at CUSA Insider Pod. Go subscribe and, hey, leave us a review if you feel like it on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And you can always reach out to us via email at CUSA Insider at ConferenceUSA.com. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. We will see you next Wednesday, February 7th. Thank you for listening to CUSA Insider, the official podcast of
2: Conference USA. I'm Sarah Rudolph, signing off.